Good morning, Auburn, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside my color man, Davis Carroll. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna through the information superhighway on WEGLFM.com or tuning in after the fact by listening to our podcast on your podcast player of choice. We are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Base and WEGL studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now it is 42 degrees and sunny on this fine Tuesday morning, February 15th. We wish you a most sincere Good morning, as we will jump right into the show. Davis, how are you doing today? I'm feeling a little hungry, a little tired, but you know, that's pretty run-of-the-mill, so good. I was thinking about eggs this morning. Oh, that sounds delicious. What a versatile food. I think mm, top five most versatile food, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, bread, definitely bread, S-tier. You think bread's up there? Bread and, bread and eggs are up there, S-tier versatile foods. Interesting. That's a good take. You can do everything with eggs. You can instantly make anything breakfast just by adding eggs to it. Like hmm. nachos, add eggs. That's huevos rancheros I wouldn't eat now. that, but I, I, like I trust you steak, on Steak, add eggs. Oh, yeah. That's steak and eggs now. Steak and eggs is delicious. And that, like, you ever had steak and f- or fish and eggs? Fish and eggs. It's not, very, it's not a very typical one, but when I was in Canada fishing in like freshman year, sophomore year of high school, we had to eat all the fish t- so we could go back and get more fish the next day. So we'd eat. We'd eat leftover fish for lunch, fried fish for dinner, and then we have fish and eggs with zatarans on it for breakfast. Surprisingly very, very good. That does sound good. At this point, I would like to remind our audience that at, if at any point in the next hour you feel so inclined to ask a question, drop a hot take, share your favorite egg recipe, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, if you'd like to correct us, you can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That's 334 W-E-G-L. You can also send us a tweet at CDISCAU. That is at C-D-I-S-C-A-U on Twitter. And we would love to hear from you. We've gotten some great interaction over the past few days. And we'd like to keep that ball rolling as uh, we're bringing you all the news you can use from around the world from, uh, yeah, just about it. So we're going to jump right into the show today. The question is, real quick, what is your go-to egg recipe? Like, what's your, you feel like making eggs, what do you do? Um, if I feel like making eggs, I usually, um, I'll either make like an egg burger, mm-hmm. where it's, you, you make kind of like an uh, an omelet, but it's less, it's smaller, but fatter, mm-hmm. and you put it between two like pieces of toast, or uh, or buns, with uh, usually some slices of bacon, and uh, some sauce, there's like a good garlic chili sauce that's like a chipotle sauce or a, a sriracha sauce that's good on it. Um, or I'll make like a scramble where you just kind of uh, take eggs. It's like if you tried to make an omelet but couldn't fold it, so you just started stirring it all together um, it, with, with spinach. Eggs and spinach are really good together. Interesting. And then the best like thing to make with eggs is probably like carbonara sauce. With a for pasta, that's like eggs and bacon and pasta. Mm. You got you had a really really good answer there, like a politician about eggs. It was a three pronged response. <laughs> Sorry, I was thirsty. Um, 
so yesterday we talked about the Super Bowl because that was uh, dominating the hearts and minds of America in the post-Super Bowl hangover. Um, and now LeBron James is floating the idea of the City of Champions parade to celebrate the Rams Super Bowl party. Are they not doing that already? I mean, I feel like LeBron just wants to be in the parade. City what, of Champions is what I'm hearing. From the Lakers who were like the eighth seed or something? Yeah, the Lakers that won their fraudulent championship in the bubble. The Lakers that are more disorganized than any other team in the league, I'd say. Wow. Um, and maybe not. The Nets were pretty disorganized. I think the crux here is that the Lakers and Dodgers weren't able to have a parade because it was October 2020. Mm. I'm sure. I mean, like... It, I'm sure the fans would love it. Just see LeBron or like Kershaw out there or something as well. But that might be still in the limelight from the Rams. Um, what? It says the parade's tomorrow, but there's a picture right here of Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford in Disneyland doing a parade. Maybe that was a private parade. Maybe that was for the NFC Championship. Cup, Donald, and Stafford celebrate their Super Bowl win in a parade. Well. Uh, never mind. I, guess, I mean, yeah, I thought the same thing. How did that happen so quick? I, I don't know. <laughs> they wake up the next day and go to Disneyland? I guess when it's... They get free... Uh, right whoever there. I think whoever wins, every player gets a free trip to Disneyland with their family. That is awesome. Because you know, like, the old thing mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm going to Disneyland. That was, like, apparently, like, a sponsorship. Whoever said it could go. But now Disney just has it. Whoever wins the Super Bowl, everybody in their family can go, I believe. What is going ahead is a Super Bowl victory parade held by the Rams tomorrow, Wednesday, February 16th. A Rams spokesperson said that the parade will begin at 11 a.m. Pacific time at the Shrine Auditorium and Exposition Hall in Los Angeles. The celebration culminates with a rally at the iconic peristyle of Los Angeles Coliseum where they shot Money Talks. (laughs) During the traditional visit to Disney Resort for the victorious Super Bowl team, three of the Rams' key players um, all expressed interest in the City of Champions parade idea. That's a great idea, said Cup. Donald called the suggestion dope. <laughs> sounds like they were trying to get the reporters to go away. Oh, yeah, that sounds sounds cool. Sounds real in- enthusiastic. Now let us go shoot champagne at each other. Yeah, we want to go hang out with the mouse. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds like LeBron just wants to be in another parade. Do you think when the players go, like when they get on a ride with their family, they, like, curtain it off so nobody else can get on until they're off? Um, I don't Like, if LeBron goes to Disney World, I I mean, like, I doubt they're just going to let him ride with every other Pam and Joe, whatever the phrase is. Tom, Dick, and Harry. There it is. Yeah. Um, so, I, it looks like there was a lot of people there, but they were on a float, so. Hmm. All right, I'm trying to you get... Think, you think LeBron can ride Space Mountain? I feel like he can't. What do you think? He's, he's too short. Too tall. I feel like oh. I'm going to get my head cut off in there, and I'm no, only six no. foot. You can't be too tall for Space Mountain. I mean, at some point you could be. You say that, and then someone gets their head cut off, and I, it's on your shoulders, buckaroo. Yeah, get on that. Get on there, Bogdanovich. We're going <laughs> to risk it. Um, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I do have the inside scoop on how the Super Bowl players going to the Disneyland commercial got started usually they go to disney world but because the rams you know oh, they're in the neighborhood i completely just, forgot disneyland existed they just popped on over to disneyland all right with that we're gonna head to a quick break when we return we'll be discussing the rams trip to the super to, to the super bowl yes but also disneyland 
and how that tradition got started way all the way back in 1987. Um, with that, we're going to get you the weather, we're going to get you the news, we're going to get you what's going on on campus this week, we got a This Week at AU update, whole lot going on, men's basketball coming up on Wednesday, and once again on Saturday, so it's an exciting week here on the Plains, we got gymnastics, we got a whole lot to be excited about, so keep it right here, we'll give you the scoop right here on Compact Discourse, 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here at WEGL 91.1 FM. It is 8.17 in the morning, welcoming you back to the show. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll. As I said yesterday, the Captain Ahab at Starbuck of the radio waves here in Auburn, Alabama. I make coffee. That is uh, not really what happened to the book, but I think I think the— Does Starbuck uh, die? I think he makes it and goes on to Seattle and starts a successful— Oh, wow. Coffee grinding business. Um, with that, we're going to jump right back into the show. I did promise we're going to talk about the Super Bowl Disneyland tradition, but over the break, uh, it has been brought to my attention. There's a new fun word game to... Uh, it's not even really a word game. It's more like guess the country by its shape game. So, it's pretty uh, fun. I'm trying to punch in this URL. Read out what you have to I me. have HTTPS colon backslash backslash worldle. Spell it out. W R L D L E W O R D L D L E O R Yeah, world. Yeah, I got that. L E dot T E U T E U T E U F dot T E U F between the wordle and the T E U. Okay, I got it. There you go. That is definitely Laos. No way. It is. I misspelled Laos. Uh did you get it? Is that does that mean I got it? No, it's seventeen percent. Seventeen percent Laos. That's you. You're seventeen percent close, and you got to go more west because that's the arrow pointing left. I guess Netherlands first. I have sixty-one percent, and it said go like bottom uh, left. All right, I think that's that's Kyrgyzstan. Definitely. Wow, you're pretty bad at this. Thirty. I got it in two tries yesterday. It was Chetsia. How do you say it? Mm. Uh. Yeah, this one's this. I'm not gonna take up valuable air time trying to guess this shape. I'm gonna work on it silently. All right, I'm gonna say the first guy to ever go to Disneyland slash Disney World was in 1987. So, uh, Phil Simms, New York Giants quarterback, after he was chosen as the MVP of Super Bowl 21 after defeating the Denver Broncos in the Rose Bowl, shouted into the camera. I'm going to Disney World. Boom. There, 1987. Little Phil Sim. Uh, and he said, quote, I was approached about it, maybe the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. Uh, my agent, David Fishoff, told me, and I said, no chance. Don't even talk to me about it. I'm not going to do it. I stood my ground until Friday when I finally said, oh, my God, fine, I'll do it. He wore me down. So that's the sordid history of how the uh, Disney World tradition got started. I'm getting closer. I'm 73%. I have one more guess. It is to the west of Liberia. 5,484 kilometers west of Liberia. Well, that makes... It's probably in the the Americas. If it's west of Liberia. I have 73% on Liberia. Oh, is it like... Oh, what? Equatorial Guinea or something? Maybe? 
No, because that's also in Africa. I love how they just can't see the country we're looking at. Well, it looks like Laos. It's that's all new- I'm going to tell you. Well, there's three Guineas. There's Equatorial Guinea, French New Guyana or whatever, that and then there's New Guinea. Well, there's yeah, there's three. Which one's in South America? Guyana. You think it's that one? I have one guess, so I don't want to waste it. Yeah, Guyana. Hit it. Man. Hey, spell that. G. G. U. U. Y. I found it. Why? Yeah. yeah. I was looking up Guinea then. G. U. Y. There it is. Oh! 100% is Guyana. I just spoiled it for all y'all. Oh, it's the same for everybody? Yeah. Unlike Letterly? It should be. Yep. There's also one called Globally, which looks kind of cool. I haven't tried yet. I don't feel like, I don't, why do you have to have the L-E at the end of it for all of them? Um, it's homogenous. You remember when uh, Agario came out? Yeah, the .io thing. Mm-hmm. That was a domain Which thing. one was Agario? It was just the ones with the, the balls. I remember Scribble. Scribble. Scribble.io was like a game. It wasn't anything similar to that. And there was also the Worm one, whatever that one was called. Oh, uh, yeah, Snakeio. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, a little bit of baseball news. We know we're still in a lockout, sadly, for me, who likes to watch spring training games. Um, they probably won't happen as scheduled because, like, we got uh, Boston at Atlanta on 225 uh, still at the top of ESPN. I don't think that's happening, though, because hmm. um, that is, what, next Friday? And the catchers, catchers and catchers, no, pitchers and catchers have yet to report to their respective spring training camps. All right, this is coming from Jeff Passan at ESPN. Major League Baseball asked for the ability to eliminate hundreds of minor league paying jobs in its latest labor offer to the MLBPA, sources familiar with the proposal told ESPN, currently the domestic reserve list, which governs the number of minor league players a team can roster at any time, is at 180, the league proposed, keeping the number at 180, but allowing the commissioner's office to reduce the maximum number of players to as few as 150 over the rest of the CBA agreement, a sources said. The proposal says the league could adjust the reserve up or down. So this is the latest point of contention Right now, um, it doesn't look like uh, we're approaching a solution anytime soon. Under the league's proposal, it would inform the union of changes to the domestic reserve list before the first date in spring training that a team could option a player. Anyone who signs a major league minor league contract would be added to the domestic reserve list within 15 days of signing the deal or when he appears in his first game. Teams can carry an additional 70 minor league players on an international reserve list if they have two Dominican Summer League teams and 35 if they have one. Players on the domestic reserve list who are not assigned to one of the four affiliated teams can be on a team's rookie league rosters in the Arizona Complex League and Florida Complex League where they play at a team's spring training site. So, the MLB season is fast approaching, and we are not quite yet to a resolution on this collective bargaining agreement by the MLBPA. Uh, the the Universal DH is coming? It looks like it. Wonderful. Yeah. Baseball I'll, will have a new look. I like seeing pitchers try to hit, but when we st- yeah. I guess it's gone now. In the, uh, I, think, I think John Boyce made this point, and it's a good one because he made it. Uh, the point of sports is just a vehicle to see people that aren't good at the thing do the thing. Like, part of the, you would just watch football hoping that a kick gets blocked and a, the kicker <laughs> picks it back up That's and has true. to run down the field with it. That's what you hope happens. Some of the most iconic moments of sports are just guys being out of place, playing the wrong position. 
And that's what makes it beautiful. And now we're going to lose some of that, which is sad. But I don't know. If, if the players want it, I guess who are we to say no? I'm sure the pitchers want it, most of them, so they don't have to hit once a game or whatever, how often they do it. Twice a game? Three? Who knows? Up to five. Up to five, potentially, but not often that happens. All right. Um, Joe Lenardi sent out a new bracketology as of today. Um, Auburn's not number one anymore. They're number two after Gonzaga defeated Hoover High School on Saturday. I'm sorry, <laughs> no not way. So St. Mary's uh, from the West Coast Conference uh, to uh, remain undefeated in conference play. They haven't lost in a while because they play in the West Coast Conference. But So they're number one again. Auburn is number two. Kentucky moved up to number three. Or, no, they're number four. Arizona's number three in the new AP poll. It really doesn't matter that much, but Purdue did lose, so they, they bumped down a little bit. So that's what's going on in the AP poll. Eh, they're all making the tournament, so it doesn't really matter. But what does matter is bracketology because all you need is a shot to get into the big dance, and you can make it all the way to the Final Four. So we're returning to normalcy after a weird season last year, and Joe Lenardi has the scoop on what's going on. Top overall seed is going to be Gonzaga probably um, just based on their record. Uh, the first team out looks like Memphis right now. Last team in is going to be Oregon. So two decent teams, Memphis beating Alabama earlier in the season. On the bubble right now, you got Wake, Forest, North Carolina, San Francisco, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Creighton, BYU, Oregon, Memphis, Michigan, San Diego State, Florida, who Auburn plays on Saturday. You got Rutgers, Kansas State, Virginia Tech, and Belmont right now. Um, that that is your bubble teams. So only just just one SEC team out of that bunch, um, but a lot of Big Ten and ACC teams looking to try to break in to the tournament. Uh, right now, Auburn is projected as a number one seed in the Greenville, South Carolina region, which or the Chicago region, but they would start playing in Greenville, South Carolina, which would be awesome for Auburn fans because that is just about the only city in driving distance uh, for for the tournament this year. Uh, we're looking at Fort Worth, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, San Diego, Portland, Greenville, Milwaukee, Indianapolis, and yeah, that's it. But uh, out of all of those, Greenville is pretty much the only one Auburn fans could get to relatively easily so right now they are matched up with uh southern university or new orleans depending on who wins that play-in game uh they would then go on to play the winner of the saint mary's loyola chicago game right now in joe lenardi's bracketology they would also be in a bracket with michigan state davidson villanova toledo xavier smu ucla seattle iowa wake forest kansas an old friend from the final four run and long beach state University, the dirtbags. <laughs> are they the dirtbags in other sports or just baseball? Is that their – I'm I, I'm not familiar with Long Beach. Long Beach State basketball. Okay. Um. Do they have – nickname Beach? What? what? The Long Beach State Beach are the athletic team that, that is represent- so lame. Are you kidding me? The Stanford tree, if you will. 
What? A singular noun as your... All right. Well, there you have it. Oh, my goodness. The Long Beach State Beach. That's that's not their mascot. What's their mascot? The beach? Previously known as the 49ers. What? In the realm of sports, the school is referred to as Long Beach State. University intercollegiate athletics programs will continue to use beach athletics and the prefix moniker beach, as it is the only university on the West Coast with the word beach in its name. One can see the cheer, Go Beach, written on many products. That's not real. You're making that up. And a water tower near campus. 49er remains an informal nickname for anyone affiliated with the university. The term 49er references the institution's fallout in the year. The baseball team will continue to use dirt bags. Okay. What? The go beach. Go Beach? Did, did Coach K come do the go marketing? Go Beach. This is unbelievable. That's, that's a terrible name. Imagine oh. if Auburn was the Plains. Go Plains. Terrible. Oh, their mascot is LB the Shark. LB? Like, oh, Long Beach. Yeah, it's like OB for the Orange Bowl. Uh. Well, how's the shark look? I will look into that. And Does it look better than Marcus or whatever his name was from Old Miss? The Land oh, Shark. Oh, he's Tony? cute. Pull him up. That's a... That's a pretty. That's a pretty cool shark. The the costume's a little scary. That looks like Tony a little bit. Was his name Tony? What's his name? Um, Heck yeah! With that, we're gonna head to a quick break. If you stick around, listening to the radio or web live stream, we will have, of course, the secret 8:30 a.m. song. I'm Jack Hart, going alongside Davis Carroll. We are coming at you live on a Tuesday morning, right here on 91.1 FM. If you've got a comment about. NFL players head to the Super Bowl or Joe Lenardi's current bracketology or a reaction to the AP poll that just came out. Who's overrated? Who's underrated? We want to hear from you. Or if you've interacted with Long Beach State uh, Athletics and want to tell us what the deal is with the beach stuff, please let us know. We'll be back in a few minutes with some more of the show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll. Davis, I hope you enjoyed the secret 8.30 in the morning song. I did. What, what did we just hear? We heard World on Wheels by Duckworth from his 2019 album, Super Good, I believe the year is that. Super Good. Super Good. Did you? Uh, did he? Did he perform that at the uh, show? Did, show you went to? He did not perform that one. Surprisingly enough, did that, I wish he did. did. That upset you? It didn't upset me. It did upset the one of the persons upset. Not really. <laughs> it peeved someone that I went to the uh, concert with. Wow. Yeah. She wanted to hear it. So I've been doing a little research on our friend LB the Shark. Yes. And uh, apparently, the students have spoken. Prospector Pete is out, and the Sharks are in. Heck yeah. So that when they ditched the 49er name in 2018-2019, uh, there was a months-long voting process, which, look, I mean, <laughs> there's only three options. I don't know how. Uh, students chose between Sharks, Stingrays, or no mascot at all in a final vote that ended in 2019. Sharks prevailed with 53% of said vote. So, 
Interesting. The people have spoken, and LB the shark. Go beach. Go beach. That's what I'm hearing. LB the shark. We need to get LB down to Auburn. Yeah. To play play against Aubie and something. I don't. Yeah, I doubt he's won as many national championships as Aubie. Interesting. Uh, or has a has his own banner on the student center. That's true. Every time I see that banner, I think we've like won something, but it's just Aubie. You know the uh, the banner I'm referring to? Yes. Okay. The Just Obby checking. Banner. The Obby banner. All right. Um, with that, we're going to jump right into your weather report at the here at the bottom of the hour. It is 8.39 a.m. Right now in Auburn, Alabama, it is 47 degrees. No, it's 49. It feels like 47. The high is going to be 64 today, this afternoon. Very similar to yesterday. Overnight temp of 46, so nice and nippy as it was last night. Five miles per hour winds heading to the west. Sun is going to set at 5.30. Gets one minute later every single day. Um, UV index, one of 10. Hourly forecast, we're going to look at 49 degrees, steadily climbing up to 62 degrees between now and noon. And then your five-day forecast, you can expect some clouds tomorrow and some warmer temperatures. going to get all the way up to 72 on Wednesday. And on Thursday, expect thunderstorms as it will get to 74, but with a 70% chance of some thunderstorms. Friday clears up just a little bit, but cools off a lot as it will drop down to the high of 55, low of 31 on Friday with partly cloudy and then clear skies on Saturday. Go out and enjoy the weekend with clear skies and 62-degree weather on this upcoming Saturday, the 19th. So the only rain you have to watch out for is going to be on Thursday. Wednesday is going to be a nice afternoon to go out and join the party in Jungle Village. We'll be lining up for the Vanderbilt game. It tips off at 8 p.m. inside Auburn Arena. Doors are going to open at 6.30. So get ready to take on the Commodores of Vanderbilt, who are coming to Auburn Arena for the first time in Two years. I don't believe they made the trip last year. WEGL will be out there providing some tunes for the uh, villagers in Jungle Village. Or is it Neville Village now? Mm, ne- it doesn't have as much of a Neville Neville Village. Boo. Yeah, I'm not going to. There's something there. Um, Workshop. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll back to the drawing board. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. Wednesday's going to be a fun day. It is one of the uh, final home games you'll be able to watch this awesome Auburn team. So. If, if that's not a reason to get you out to Auburn Arena, I don't know what is. Uh, here's another reason. Uh, 500 chicken sandwiches to the first student that shows up. I'm going to be first. Yeah. I'm going to start lining up today. That's like food for a year. It Yeah, it really is. With, Just about. If that were real. No, it is real. I'm sorry. If that, When that happens, do you think they're going to give you all the 500 at once? And it's your responsibility to keep them warm? Yeah. Or, and, like, keep them, like, you... Put, them put good. most of them in the freezer. Or you have to get one of those like hunting freezers. Yeah. You can you go in like your garage? Yeah, can you go like every day and get a new one? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they give you like do you think you'd 50 start, a week? Do you think you start to develop develop some kind of deficiency from only eating fried chicken and bread and pickles? Yes. You remember that you remember the that thing where he only ate McDonald's? Supersized me even though it was kind of disproved. Oh, I've heard about this from annoying people. Yeah. I've never actually seen it, so <laughs> you're not going to hear about it from me. Great. That's it. That's all I got. Um, I remember one time I was on a fishing trip with Chris Tobias, and he brought up the guy that only ate Nutella 
for about a month. What? Yeah. How'd it go? I think his bones started to atrophy. Oh my goodness. You feel like you get, I'd get tired of Nutella after the, like the first week. If that's all I'm the eating. The first week? After, if that's all I'm eating, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Ugh, that's gross. I'm not a big Nutella fan. Can't even think about that. <laughs> Celery, though, on the other hand. I could eat, I could eat that. You'd be so much water. <laughs> I'm already so much water. What do you mean? <laughs> eat even more. So that is your weather update. Awesome. Please come to the uh, to the Auburn basketball game on Wednesday. It will be a lot of fun, and it's one of our final three home games. So if you want to watch probably the greatest basketball team ever assembled in the Auburn University history, you got three more chances to see them, and one of them is on a awesome Wednesday night. You know what? If if you got to miss your chapter meeting, I'm sure you can just send an invoice over to Bruce Pearl. He'd be happy to pay it. Mm. Um, and with that, we're going to jump right back into things here um just a little bit uh before the break um a little bit of nba news get this tyreek evans reinstated by the nba i'm happy tyreek evans was good i really liked him but he got banned for two years for substance abuse it was weed Mm. that's all it was that's a substance all right He is considered to be in good physical condition and is expected to start making himself available to work out for teams. He has averaged might have been more than we fifteen point seven points, four point eight rebounds, four point six assists in five hundred ninety four career games. He's the first player to be suspended and reinstated since Chris Birdman Anderson's reinstatement in two thousand eight. So true. How did he get that name? Could he fly like Michael Keaton? That was just his nickname, and he'd always, whenever he'd like score, he'd like flap his arms and run down the court. It was a whole thing. So kind of like Michael Keaton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Rookie of the year. Tyreek Evans was really good. I I really like Tyreek Evans. And reason. So he's just gonna start like he's like a free agent basically. I think he can do anything. He, or either that or he's still on the same team that he was. But I think he's probably. Well, it says a free he's agent. able to start working out for team. Oh yeah, he's eligible to begin negotiating with teams and immediately can sign a contract as soon as Friday at noon. So the thing is. He was banned for uh, violating the anti-drug program, which marijuana is no longer on. So you can probably figure out the math there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. OJ Mayo needs another chance at this rate. He can. Uh, that's he, a deep cut for you. He could be in a Hellman's commercial with Jared Mayo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's his his break back into stardom. OJ Mayo, I don't. I think it's too late for him. But he was called like the next LeBron when he was coming up. He was good for a time. It's it's a shame. Yeah. Got Steve Nash. I was a big OJ Mayo fan. Doing a sad press conference with his muscle milk. What's he saying? I don't know. Um, With that, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, Black History Month moment and a whole lot more. We're going to close out the show. Final 15 minutes coming up in just a second. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some more compact discourse. You're listening to us live on WEGL 91.1 FM and WiggleFM.com. If you're listening to the podcast, we thank you for doing so as well. Tell your friends we are live every Monday through Thursday, 8 to 9 a.m. Right here from the Harold Belton Student Center in the loveliest village on the plains. We'll be right back with the final segment of the show in just a few minutes. So do not go anywhere. We thank you for listening and choosing to spend your Tuesday morning with us. It's February 15th at 8.46 a.m. We'll be right back with the remainder of the show.
which Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am your host, Jack Hart. Joined alongside Davis Carroll here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We got a little space news. I know we like space news here. Rocket set to hit the moon was built by China, not SpaceX, says astronomers. Why is it hitting the moon? Astronomy experts say they originally misread the secret to the night sky last month. It turns out that the rocket that expected to crash into the moon in early March was built by China, not SpaceX. A rocket will indeed strike the lunar surface on March 4th, but contrary to what had been announced, it was not built by Elon Musk's company, but by Beijing. The rocket is now said to be at 2014065 b uh, the booster for the Chang'e's 5T1 launched in 2014 as part of Chinese Space Agency's Blizzard Explanation Program. The surprise announcement was made by astronomer Bill Gray, who first identified the future impact and admitted his mistake last weekend. This mistake just emphasizes the problem with lack of proper training of these deep space objects, tweeted astronomer Jonathan McDowell, who advocates for greater regulation of space waste. So, hmm. high drama in the space community. Hmm. NASA said in late January that it would attempt to observe the crater that will be formed by the explosion of this object thanks to its probe that orbits around the moon, the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, or LRO. The agency called the event an, quote, exciting research opportunity, which is a nice spin to a rocket hitting the moon. Interesting. What if it knocks the moon out of orbit? Yeah, what if it punches a hole in it and it deflates? Oh, my goodness. What if it shows that it's actually a hologram? A hologram or a hologram? Oh, you know, might be onto something. It's here. gonna ring like a bell once they hit it. Do you think flat ar- do flat earthers believe in the moon? Yeah, they can see it. They can also see the Earth is round, but they don't no, believe they in can't. that. If you look at over the horizon, you can That's the you end can of watch the, the sunset and then climb, like on a ladder. You can see it set again. Proof the Earth's round. Hmm. They probably have an explanation for that. I'm sure they do. Doesn't mean it's a good one. Well, it exists, though. Do they believe in the rest of space or all the other planets flat? Uh, no, we're the only one. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we're special. I get you. Uh, yeah, they have that, that tweet that was like, where's the flat Mars society? And they responded, thanks for the question. Unlike Earth, Mars has been observed to be round. What? <laughs> I cannot believe that. That's what happens. Yeah, the flat Earth meeting. You go, go to that the wedding and Thanos is there. You seen that picture? Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> Maybe we'll tweet that today. If, you, if enough people bother me on Twitter, I will. I will share the flat Earther wedding with Thanos. <laughs> Why was Thanos there? What was he doing? He had to be in attendance. It was a big day. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump into our Black History moment for today. We are halfway through the month of February, which is of course Black History Month. Today we'll be discussing the life and times of Jane Bolin. Jane Bolin was a trailblazing attorney who became the first African-American female judge in the United States, serving on the New York Family Court for 40 years. Jane Bolin graduated from Yale Law School and after relocating to New York City, became sworn in by Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia as the first African-American female judge in the United States. She served on the family court bench for four decades, advocating for children and families via outside institutions as well. She died at the age of 98 on January of 2007. She was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, to an interracial couple. 
Matilda Ingram Emery and Gaius C. Bolin. Her father was an attorney who headed the Dutchess County Bar Association and cared for the family after his wife's illness and death, which occurred when Bolin was just a child. Bolin was a superb student who graduated from high school in her mid-teens, went on to enroll at Wellesley College. Though facing overt racism and social isolation, she graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in 1928, was officially recognized as one of the top students in her class. She then graduated Yale Law School, contending with further social hostilities, yet nonetheless graduated in 1931 and became the first African-American woman to earn a law degree from Yale Law School. Bolin worked with their family's practice in her home city for a time before marrying attorney Ralph E. Mazel in 1933 and relocating to New York. As a decade progressed, after campaigning unsuccessfully for a state assembly seat on the Republican ticket, she took an assistant corporate counsel work for New York City, creating another landmark as the first African-American woman to hold that position. In 1939, a 31-year-old Bullen was called to appear at the World's Fair before Mayor LaGuardia, who completely unbeknownst to the attorney, had plans to swear her in as a judge. Thus, Bullen made history again as the first African-American female judge in the United States. Having already been to assign to what would be known as family court, Bullen was a thoughtful, conscious force on the bench, confronting a range of issues on the domestic front and taking a great care when it came to the plight of children. She also changed segregationist policies that had been entrenched in the system, including skin color-based assignments for probation officers, Additionally, Bolin worked with the First Lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, in providing support for the Wiltwick School, a comprehensive holistics program to help eradicate juvenile crime among boys. Bolin faced personal challenges as well. Her first husband died in 1943, and she raised their young son, York, for several years on her own. She remarried in 1950. If you would like to learn more, a 2011 biography was published on Bolin's career, Daughter of the Empire State, The Life of Judge Jane Bolin. That is by Jacqueline McLeod of the University of Illinois Press. So, yeah. Boom. That was, that was cool. That was a very interesting Shout story. Shout out Jane Bolin. Very interesting story regarding Jane Bolin, who is a trailblazer in Davis's field of uh, study. Law. Law and justice. Boom. Some quotes. I'd rather see if I can help a child than settle an argument between adults over money. That's a good quote. I like that quote. I don't want to sound trite, but families and children are so important to our society, and to dedicate your life to trying to improve their lives is completely satisfying. Mm. She's spitting over there. She's She's like Pythagoras. Good quotes. All right. Well, that was your Black History Moment of the day. If you'd like to learn more, of course, I had the book. But once again, that is Jane Bolin, B-O-L-I-N, if you would like to do further research on your own. And that is a Black History Moment for today. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. All right. Final thoughts on the show today, Davis? Mm, I'm just still thinking about those eggs. You thinking about the rocket? I'm thinking about how the moon's going to explode. You ever seen the thing... You ever seen that? It's not actually going to explode. People okay. don't worry. Okay, sorry. You ever seen the thing where like uh, it has an astronaut on the moon, like a photo and the Earth's blowing up, and then it goes like, what would you do in this situation? Yes. What do they expect you to say? I think that's the joke. I don't know, because the first time I saw it, it didn't seem like a joke. <laughs> okay, how about this? You're on the Earth and the moon explodes. What are you doing? Um, I'm probably just going, going watching to, TV or going something. Going to the beach and enjoying the no tides. Okay. Would the debris not cause any gravitational pull? Well, it depends on how it blows up. I wonder what that would do if it blew up. I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson has a very pretentious There wouldn't be answer. werewolves. Yeah. Or there not. would be werewolves. Yes, there would. I, I don't think Neil deGrasse, 
Neil deGrasse Tyson said that werewolves would exist because of the sunlight. They exist in the sunlight too. But what I'm saying is, it's magic. So yeah, did you ever consider that, Neil? Neil deGrasse Tyson would not be a very good magician. Is what I'm hearing. He doesn't believe. Magic. It's magic. Nobody asks how pixies fly. You're not going to scientifically explain that. That's true. It's magic. Uh, Tennessee basketball versus Auburn. If you're, if that's on your radar, if you're planning on going to Knoxville. The tip-off time was moved from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., so that's that's news. Um, looks like Russia's backing off a little bit in the Ukraine, which is good. According 44 minutes ago, Russia says it's withdrawing some troops following exercise around Ukraine, but major drills continue, so hopefully. Smack cam. Uh, Schultz flies to Moscow in a bid to avert war, coming from Reuters. Uh, German Chancellor Olaf Schultz. What a great German name. Heads to Moscow on Tuesday to meet with Vladimir Putin in a high-stakes mission to avert war with Russia's largest trading partner in Europe, warning off far-reaching sanctions if it's attacked Ukraine. He uh, visited Kiev on Monday as part of a frantic Western diplomacy to try to stop a potential attack as more than 100,000 Russian troops mass on Ukraine's border. So that is what's transpiring today is the German prime minister, or chancellor, as they call it in Germany, is making the trip to discuss with Vladimir Putin today. So keeping you informed here on the old compact discourse. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Hopefully to report that hostilities have ended. I'm but going I'm going over there to We're gonna settle work the situation. We're gonna tell them about the moon exploding. I think that would bring people together. I think if we just told them about LB the shark, they would call That's the true. whole thing off. That is gonna do it for today. Thank you for tuning in to Compact Discourse on this lovely Tuesday morning. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. for another exciting episode of the show. We'll talk at you then. Thanks once again for listening to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, go with that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com or by listening to our podcast. We would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, absolutely PSA break free wherever podcasts are heard. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDiscAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U for links to that podcast, information about the show, and important updates. You can also tweet at us to get your opinion on the show. Join the conversation and join Auburn's only student-run Drive Time Morning Show. You might want to also follow WBGL on Twitter and Instagram. It's at WBGL underscore AU, Weagle underscore AU, to get all the information about events we have coming up this week. We're DJing the line for the Vanderbilt game. We also have concerts on campus returning this Thursday. And with that, for Jack Hart, Davis Carroll, and all of you who joined us today, we wish you a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk at you tomorrow, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. for another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. As always, this is Jack Hart signing off. Have a great day. Go on and know. And War Eagle, ladies and gentlemen. Drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run.